0: Rocky, my little papillon dog, leaping up in delight when I come home. Sue, my gorgeous, brilliant wife, smiling when I've said something witty. Katie snapping back at me with some clever remark that even I could not have come up with. Signaling James, our secret communications when we're working a baseball game together. Watching my students when they hit that moment of learning and their mouths hang open, just a little in awe. Suddenly remembering on Sunday evening that I have Monday off. All little moments, to be sure. And I'd be lying if my sources of joy didn't also include receiving California Educator of the Year in 28, 28, or leading my team to the CIF football playoffs for the first time in school history, being published for the first, second, third, and now fourth times, or celebrating my many anniversaries. But how often do those moments come? Some of them are unique, while others are so rare and infrequent as to be practically so. And moments like getting married, which for me is forever and will be a unique event unless Sue and I divorce so we can remarry each other again, or having your first child are decidedly one-time moments. Yes, they're undoubtedly joyful moments, but again, they don't come often. So what is my point? I'm glad you asked. My point is as follows. Imagine joy is some substance, some measurable quality, like coffee or three-quarters-inch carpenter's nails. And moments like getting married or having a child are gallons of coffee or barrels of nails. They're very joyful, is my point. And coming home to Rocky, bouncing in ecstasy, is a cup of coffee or a handful of nails. Still a fun thing, but nothing in comparison. Stay with me now. I come home to Rocky at least five times a week, sometimes more. That's maybe 20, 25 times a month, maybe 250 times a year, and so on. That's a lot of cups of coffee. If joy is additive like that, then maybe we're thinking about joyful moments all wrong. I am not guiltless of this. We think about working for the weekend, or in the case of teachers, who have escaped the Tartarus that is summer school, working for the summer vacation, or Christmas, or spring break, or Memorial Day weekend, or what have you. We buy tickets to Disneyland so we can have fun there. Now don't get me wrong, I'm actually a big Disneyland fan, not quite the level of season passes, but I do like that place. Oh, side note. I suppose a person could say that Walt Disney wasn't always the perfect American, what with some racist opinions and with a degree of commodification of childhood. One could say that his vision of America and of its past is romanticized to the point of ludicrousness. One could say the near Fetishization of the mouse has reached unhealthy proportions. One could say all this, and I would have a difficult time refuting any of it. But it's Disneyland, with Tinkerbell flying across the sky during the fireworks show with Chip and Dale in their rescue ranger's garb, with the haunted mansion tombstones and their terrible puns. Disneyland! Just for a day, let go of the admitted blemishes on the man, his company, and the nation— And just have fun on the teacups. Okay, bad example. No one has fun on the teacups. But you know what I mean. A day at Disneyland is joyous. But how often can you go there? As fun as Disneyland is, it's not a daily thing, no more than getting married or having a baby or winning the championship. Undoubtedly joyful, but rare. Your best bet for joy and happiness, it seems to me, is in the frequent, the daily, the ordinary, the mundane, that which happens every day. Going out to dinner with my wife is fun, but rare, and getting rarer these days, but let's not get into that right now. Seeing her smile is much more frequent. There, I submit to you, boys and girls, is where... Joy truly lies. In the moments that happen over and over, the so-called mundane stuff, finding a matched pair of socks, getting the toast to come out just right, holding hands with someone you love, going to work, and saying hello to a colleague, the little moments. Because there are so many of them. Finding the joy in the small moments will, it seems to me, result in a happier life than waiting for the e-ticket attractions to open up. Another Disneyland reference to those of you who went to the park before June of 1982. See, they used to have these ride tickets. A, for the least popular rides. B, for the more popular. C, for the most popular. As they added more and more attractions, the ticket levels increased until they reached E level for the biggies. Now, in 1971... When Magic Mountain opened up, which coincidentally is adjacent to the high school where I work, Disneyland found that Magic Mountain's system, whereby admission granted a guest unlimited access to all rides, was making their own system antiquated. From 1971 to 1982, the ticket system was being phased out, and anyway, that's the tangent, it's over. Now then. Just as a person could take issue with Disneyland and my increasing use of it, to explain my point, a person could take issue with my message of finding joy in the little things. It's trite, I hear you say. It sounds like something you'd find in a fortune cookie from a suspect Chinese food place like Panda Express. It's also not as easy as it sounds. What about people suffering from depression? One of, if not the worst thing one can say to someone who is having difficulty finding their happiness is to simply be happy. It's denying them the difficulty of their struggle. It's implying that depression doesn't have to be that issue. I'm just using that as an example of something that might make it difficult for a person to follow my advice. Is somehow not real. That it is something in one's head and which can be easily handled. As if a person suffering depression hasn't already thought, I'll just be happy. I'm quite sensitive to that for deeper reasons than I care to elucidate at this time. Depression, anxiety deep personal tragedy, trauma, extraordinary struggles of life, all these are indeed real and can be debilitating. These fellow passengers on the big blue marble who are unlucky enough to have issues such as these cannot shrug them off easily. They are in serious and challenging struggles with themselves and their own psyches. However, I'm still going to return to my original point, which was never that being happy is easy, It wasn't what I intended to say, or nor even what I said, for that matter. What I meant, and what I hope I said, was that I feel we tend to look for joy in the special moments, ones which happen rarely, if at all. We assume that joy will come tomorrow, or if we buy something, or if we go somewhere, or if we meet someone. Furthermore, I am not advocating a total lack of ambition, being satisfied with what one has and where one is. Being satisfied, finding joy, aren't the same things. What I am saying, and I submit that this is equally true for princesses and paupers, for those who are stable and those who are suffering, is that joy not only can be found in the little things, but that it is in the little things where we must look.